0: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Primary Care Podcast. It is your boy, Dr. Mark List. And today, before we get at you with another episode, we're going to hit up the primarycarepod at gmail.com inbox. That is where you have been sending me really nice uh, uh, letters and uh, kind words about the podcast. Also, some good jokes I've been getting, which I'll I'll read in future episodes, uh, journal topic ideas, uh, etc. So thanks for all the emails. Again, primarycarepod at gmail.com. Today, we are going to be reading a uh, joke from an anonymous listener. Uh, Dr. List, a uh, long-time uh, listener of the podcast, I have a joke for you today. A man was admitted to our hospital today with 20 plastic toy horses inserted up into his rectum. His attendings have described his condition as stable. All right, let's start the podcast. The primary care podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients. and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast, produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the primary care podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Primary Care Podcast. It is your favorite podcasting uh, doctor slash host slash best friend slash uh, audio fanatic. I don't know. I'm just going to stop. And and welcome back, all pod girls, pod boys, pod people, to the Primary Care Pod. Uh, Let's hit up today another episode uh, about COVID-19, but a fun topic about COVID-19. That is, is there something we can do for our patients who have lost their taste of smell and taste. Uh, this comes to an article today. Maybe you saw the headlines. I think it's this is a really interesting article, and I want to dig into it in terms of, can this be something that you can actually do in your primary cl- care clinic? And I'm going to argue yes. And in fact, I, I, I think I am going to offer it to a certain uh, subset of my patients. But I think that this is something I will jump on, uh, even though the evidence is very weak at this current time. Uh, so what is that topic today? We're talking about fixing or reversing the loss of smell and taste and getting improvement to patients to return them back to normal. Okay, so what are we talking about today? We are talking about an article that literally just came out in January of 2021, so just over three months ago, from the incredibly prestigious European Archive of Otorhinolaryngology, larynology, laryngology, Wow. Wow. I, uh, I'm i not going to ever try to repeat the name of that journal again. Okay. Um, and so this is a study that looked at the efficacy and safety of oral corticosteroids plus olfactory training in the management of COVID-19 related loss of smell. And I'm laughing as I, I say this because olfactory training is something that is brand new to me. This was a, a new concept that I had never heard of before, before this, uh, before this article. And uh, they keep referring to it in the article as OT. Uh <clears throat> There's already an OT uh, authors of this journal. Uh, I don't know if the international uh, 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 medical societies don't have occupational therapy. Maybe that's a, a United States only thing. I don't know. But trying to refer to ocu- uh, olfactory training as uh, olfactory therapy as an OT, yeah, yeah, you can't you can't use that acronym, guys. Okay. So I, I want to make very clear from the start. This is a very lighthearted topic. This is I, I, again take this episode of the grain of salt, but I am actually very interested to try this and I actually recruited a patient. And I, I, I strongly suggested that he be my Guinea pig on this because I think the risks are pretty small. Uh, but we're going to talk about that. And so what is the trial? The trial is, um, putting people on a, 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 a 10 day course of steroids and at the same time doing twice daily old factory treatment. So let's back up a little bit. What kind of end numbers are we talking about? Well, they took 72 people who were not in the hospital, diagnosed with COVID, who had lost their smell or taste. Now, some people were completely anosmic, right? Or And some were just hyponosmic. Uh, so some were completely lost their smell and taste, uh, and other people had just kind of had altered or or diminished, right? And And you and I have seen this too, where... Many people uh, have a, you know, certain things haven't come back yet, certain things still taste odd. Um, uh, a friend of mine who, again, I'm, I'm going to try to uh, talk into being my guinea pig for this in my own clinic, uh, you know, says like coffee, for example, uh, doesn't taste like anything anymore. And, you know, for a lot of people, there are things that have been altered now for them, and it is a huge quality of life issue now. Things that they used to enjoy suddenly don't have as much enjoyment. So... What are we talking about? The N number in here is 72. And so then they followed these patients, okay? uh, And at least on average, on average, not at least, on average, these 72 patients had lost their diminished or either had lost or diminished smell for on average five weeks. Now, when they had these people come back and do the trial on them, only 37%, 37%, 38 if we're rounding up, 38%, only 27 of them actually had persistent symptoms, right? So 62% of patients who had lost their smell, right, ended up gaining it back, right, all on their own, and so they were no longer considered when the testing came through that they were defined, and we're going to talk about why, but they were no longer defined as having altered smell, Um and i think that's important because even that people that had altered uh, and they still might have some altered symptoms but it's not enough to be clinically defined at least in this in this study as as altered as altered smell so they used this kit um and it's uh, it's a, it's, uh, it's a kit that you can order on the internet sniffin sticks which by the way is my favorite uh, my favorite test of all time is called the Sniffin' Sticks Battery Test. And yes, this is, if you don't think that you can get published in a scientific journal, these people not only called olfactory training OT for the entire article, but then sold me on doing this treatment based on the Sniffin' Sticks Battery Test. Okay, but but seriously, so they took these 27 people. And they they offered them, and and eighteen of the people uh, chose, so it was not blinded, but chose uh, to stay on the standard uh, on the standard therapy, right? And nine people then uh, got on the oral corticosteroid and olfactory training group. Okay, um, and again, that was a little bit of an odd decision that they didn't randomize them, they didn't blind them, they told the patient, and so this is not a randomized control trial. This is a I'm going to inform you of the risks of the benefits right and and because this is brand new right when people ask me like how do how are people treating certain conditions that are post-covid you know we're all flying by the seat of our pants uh steroids are the mainstay of treatment because that seems to be the only thing that works at all um and i've been telling people that there's a a long covid clinic in some uh you know like cleveland clinic for example but the majority uh, of docs we just throw up our hands we say we don't know and, and, and here's a group who says, well, we're throwing up our hands we don't know, but we're going to do a study and measure these outcomes and see if what we're doing is making a difference. So God bless them. Um, and, and what did they say? So specifically, they didn't do the randomization because, uh, let me pull this up here. Um, All patients were checked uh, for potential complications for oral oral corticosteroids, and it it has a bunch of rule-out stuff. And then it says, Given the safety concerns about oral steroid use held by the medical community and by the general population of patients, participants were informed about potential side effects of a short course of oral corticosteroids and were asked to opt, opt for a treatment group on a voluntary basis. So, nine patients... Raised their hand and said, "Give me the steroids plus the therapy," and then 18 people said, "Actually, let's just go through the therapy and see if it makes a difference." So again, huge potential for bias, huge potential for uh, placebo effect because you knew what you were getting, you knew if you were getting the milder group or the big treatment group. Okay, so uh, again, as we as we actually sit down and look at the data, this is a garbage study, right? Because there's absolutely no randomization. In fact, you're letting the patients. Pick whether they're getting the... And, and and knowing that they're getting the more aggressive or less aggressive course. Okay, so that's really important before we jump into this treatment, okay? Super duper duper important to know. Uh, and it's a 10-day course of 32 milligrams of methylprednisolone once daily combined with olfactory training, okay? So for each session of the olfactory training, patients were asked to mindfully, quote-unquote, mindfully sniff four odors for approximately 10 seconds each, okay? Okay rose, eucalyptus, lemon, and cloves. So all of you uh, who are out there uh, with the side hustle of selling essential oils, you probably already got these in your drawers. Uh, if not, uh, go to the, uh, your local uh, whatever doTERRA, whatever they are, and buy some rose, eucalyptus, lemon, and cloves, and then turn them around and sell them to your patients. Hashtag uh, unethical life pro tips. Okay. Um, so there's these four things from the sniff and sticks uh battery test, right? But this was uh this was they were provided to all patients with a smell training kit, and it gives you this thing in the Netherlands where you can buy them, but anywhere you can buy rose, eucalyptus, lemon, and clove scents, you could have these patients pick these things up. Okay, so um and so they were asked to do this twice a day for ten total weeks. And then they were also treated at the same time uh with ten days of steroids if you chose to be in that group. Okay, great, fantastic wonder, wonder wonder. Okay, so um now, let's talk about the actual data. Okay? The actual data shows that the patients in the steroid group on average got better by 7.7 points on a 48-point scale. Okay? Which was statistically significant compared to the placebo group, which or standard therapy group, just the old factory, the OT group, <laughs> who who only got better by 2 points on a 40-point scale. 48-point scale. Okay, so, and, and all of these patients had to be, uh, you know, this, the, the first group, they had a, uh, started at 19.7. So these people on a 48 point scale, uh, anything under, hold up, uh, anything under 30, I'm gonna cut this part out, I think, or I'm too lazy to edit it. Um, you had to score less than 30. 75 that's completely random but you had to score less than 30.75 to be considered uh, um, disomnic uh, so you had to have you had to score lower on that scale than a 30 uh, to even qualify and the average was 19.7 in the control group and uh, or in the in the ar- in the in the um, treatment arm and 24.9 in the control arm that was a non- significant difference in that p-value between those two groups, even though they look fairly different, uh, very, 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 very wide distribution of of symptoms. Some people literally just made the cutoff based on this graph they're showing here. Many people, in fact, in both groups just barely made the cutoff under that score of 30 to qualify to get into the study. So again, um a wide range of people in this and some people were miserable some people almost had were completely anosmic and then some were just mildly um involved so again uh, not a very uh homogenous population a very diverse group of patients um fitting this profile now um there's a really good figure one on here that shows the change from april to july right in this 10-week trial with the steroid group or the tr- normal treatment group and in the steroid group every single patient got better everyone had improvement in some of their symptoms and uh, again just they all you know on average the whole group got better by 7.7 points on that 48 point scale but every single person made improvement and a couple of them made very very big improvements if we look in the standard care group though there were several patients in fact i'm counting four here that got significantly worse from start to finish, and many didn't change at all from start to finish on just the old factory therapy group. Now, again, I think it's very important to note that, again, the group that chose the more modest effect knew what they were getting themselves into. The second major take-home point, not that not that the steroids were, you know, so magically different. Again, these are two very different groups who got to pick their treatment arm, so potential for massive placebo-like effect, Okay of the steroids, knowing that you were getting the more aggressive therapy. The second really important key is that average compliance to old factory training was 43% in the steroid group and 31% in the OT group alone. Now, that is a massive percentile difference, but because the confidence intervals the were all over the place, some people did only 16% of the time. They actually did their olfactory training sessions. uh, And all the way up to 63%, uh, you know, did, or at least one patient did 63%. One patient only did 16%, right? And and so a massive, massive uh, variance in people's actual adherence to home OT, uh, olfactory training, means that, you know, could this just be steroids alone? You know, if there was such poor, poor, um, adherence to the to the smelling part the actual therapy part and I, if there are any physical therapists or occupational therapists, they're probably like nodding their head because you tell patients to do these exercises uh, in physical therapy, occupational therapy, and they don't do their exercises, they don't do the stretches, they don't get any better. And here's, and here's uh, again, another study that advocates for like, hey, we have this occupation, this olfactory training, which hasn't shown improvement in other studies. Um, and by the way, this is a validated testing, this is a validated uh, training regimen that's been done in other studies. I did cross-reference that with some PubMed, and yes, that's that's very well documented. And again, so how much is this is the steroids versus how much is the is the olfactory training? Hard to tell because hardly anybody's doing the olfactory training in either group. Uh, but the steroid group did get statistically significant, much much better. Now, what are the downsides? Only there were not very many side effects uh, reported, and I think that's I think that is important to note that you know there was this big um, uh, overall concern for patients. Only one person, only one person had uh, statistically, uh, uh, sorry, three patients reported minimal side effects, right? So again, three out of the nine, 33%, that, that, that tracks with what you normally see with normal si- steroid side effects of, you know, not sleeping well, eating a ton, you know, all the side effects that go along with steroids, uh, just feeling, you know, jittery, sh- craving sugars, upset stomach, increasing their blood pressures, increasing their blood sugars, et cetera. Only three people even noticed them and they, and they weren't major side effects. So this is a very, very cheap study this is a very very uh, benign study, and I think that there could be incredible value for patients because this is a major quality of life issue. I want to do a, a little more of a lighthearted topic today, um, and I think we accomplished that. I think that there is some value in this topic, though, especially in primary care clinics, of patients that still struggle with it months and months after their, uh, uh, you know, at months and months after their infection or even weeks after their infection, that maybe this will speed them up on the way to normal um, a little bit faster than steroids alone or just kind of standard watch and wait kind of therapy. So this is something I am actually going to offer and try in my own clinic um, and uh, see if things uh, see if things make a difference. I have tried steroids by themselves um, anecdotally and it hasn't worked on either of the N of three patients that I've tried them on, um, off-label, of course, but we've had good uh, shared risk decision-making uh, conversations about that. Um, but I've never tried steroids plus olfactory training. Uh, so I definitely will try that on, on at least a couple patients here going forward. So ho- today, hopefully we had a, a, a more lighthearted, uh, uh, but interesting and potentially useful, uh, topic, uh, to, uh, regain people's loss of smell after COVID-19. So thanks for tuning in this week. Again, this has been Dr. Markless with the primary care podcast, uh, asking you to, uh, have a great week and rounder. You don't need to stay up all night to stay up to date. Uh, thanks. Have a great night.